0: Hello, Annie McLaughlin here for this week's edition of Stick Together, focusing on union news and workers' stories. We are covering three items on today's program. The first item is the distressing news that Australia has had its first death at a work for the Dole site. Following that, we are aptly going to the... uh, International Memorial for Workers, held at the Victorian Trades Hall on April the 28th and possibly in other parts of the country as well. Lastly, we were at the final hearing of the Harton versus Coles dispute in the Fair Work Commission. That's where Duncan Hart, a Coles trolley collector from Queensland, supported by Josh Cullinan, industrial officer for the NTU On Leave, and barrister Siobhan Kelly, working pro bono, have argued that the new agreement for Coles Workers does not pass the boot test, that is, the test that says that the new agreement is not worse than the award.
1: Tune in to Stick Together, all about workers' rights and social justice.
0: 8.30am Wednesday, 6.30am Thursday, 7am Saturday. Or listen on demand on 3CR's website, 3cr.org.au. The first death on a Work for the Doll site has now been recorded. 18-year-old Josh Park Finn from Toowoomba is the first person to die on a Work for the Doll site. I spoke to Owen Bennett, Secretary of the Unemployed Workers' Union, about how Josh's death has exposed the rotten underbelly of the Work for the doll scheme.
2: The person who was tragically killed, his name is Josh Park-Singh, and he's an 18-year-old from Queensland um, He lives in Toowoomba. And what happened was he was working on his site, his Work for the Dole site at Toowoomba Showgrounds, and was, he, his particular activity was going around the site, um, standing on a flatbed trailer that was being towed by a tractor, picking up wheelie bins from the site to clean up the showgrounds after the, the Toowoomba show, the, the Royal Toowoomba show recently was held. And the tractor slipped a gear and bumped, and then Josh thing fell off the, the trailer that he was standing on and died. When, when you look at process that went behind making sure this work for the doll site was safe this activity was approved by firstly the work for the doll site supervisor the work for the doll coordinator and the privately owned job agency which sourced that particular site so there's three privately owned companies or positions that approved this work for the doll site they undertook a risk assessment and they said everything is is safe at this particular site well, actually, that's a classic
0: farm, farm accident.
2: Yes. It's not something that.
0: that's unknown, right?
2: Yeah, i heard that. That's, I've, I've talked to a few people about it, and they just say, you know, you, that's a really big no-no, you know. On any side, is bouncing on the back of, the, mm. of a trailer, especially a flatbed trailer where there's nowhere to sit down. Yeah. You have to stand up, and I think he was holding on a bar, like one single bar in front of him. And how that managed to get through three different levels of, um, of safety checking is uh, is really, really concerning. And I think we're in a position now where the government can't guarantee the safety of anyone at work for the doll Sites when they've outsourced everything. They've outsourced the safety checking, they've outsourced the administration, they've outsourced supervision of these work for the doll Sites. So the government needs to actually have some sort of regulatory uh, system in place to make sure these safety checks are sufficient. But what we've heard from the ground is a uh, work for the dole supervisor actually called us up and told us that uh, he's really concerned with the, how these safety checks are being rushed through. And
0: So the workers who are working for the Dole don't have the right to be part of an OH&S committee, do they?
2: Yeah, they're not covered by work cover, that's right, and... Um, They they have a separate insurance um, scheme that protects them, which is much, much worse. It's a public liability
0: scheme. Yeah, right. Okay, so...
2: Yes, and in the case of um, Josh Park Fing, his family is entitled to roughly half of what an an employed person's family would be entitled to in the identical situation, so...
0: Um, How old was Josh?
2: Eighteen. His, his, his family have been trying to raise money for the funeral because under their workplace and health, health and safety, um, the, the insurance that is offered to unemployed workers at work with adult sites, they're not giving anything to help with uh, funeral costs. Whereas if you're an employed worker and you, and they um, die on their site, then the government are entitled, they're, they're, they're entitled to, I think, $15,000 of funeral payments. But so you just get the idea of how unemployed workers are second-class citizens, and, and you know, it's, they're creating two tiers of workers in this economy. And there's, there's, there's 180,000 other people, just like Josh Parking, who are being forced to work on their, on these Work for the Doll sites. And what we've really come across with a lot of people who have called in is that when they complain about, like, if you're a Work for the Doll um, participant and you feel uncomfortable with the position you're being put in or you feel unsafe and you, you make your feelings known to your work with the doll site supervisor, instead of actually looking into the particular danger you're talking about, you're threatened that if you don't undertake that work then you will be fined or your your payment will be suspended. So that's that that's the kind of response that 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 that, that these safety concerns are getting. It just we don't do what we want, we're going to cut you off your payment. And, that, and that's basically the approach to all aspects of being unemployed. If you raise a concern, if you really try to assert your rights in any way, often you're you're threatened with just, with your payment, your, your livelihood being suspended. Um, so what's really heartening about this tragic death is that it actually occurred on the, the very day that we held our Solving Our Employment Crisis conference here in Melbourne where um, ACTU president Jed Carney and ACOS CEO Cassandra Goldie spoke at and one of the main themes of the whole conference was that work for the world needs to be abolished and that happened on the same day that Josh Park Fing died so when I found out the next day that this tragic death occurred I called around and said well you know at that conference we agreed that work for the world needs to be abolished you now here's Here's the effects. Like this death, are the effects of this punitive and dangerous program that we need to move and move quickly. And ACTU really um, stepped up their game, and I think for the first time in living memory, uh, the trade union movement ran an active campaign against Work for the Dole. And I travelled to Toowoomba with with the ACTU president Jed Carney and we both gave a speech at the Toowoomba May Day march, focusing on work for the doll and how it needs to be abolished. And, you know, it's, I think this could be the beginning of a kind of a, a really strong cooperation between unemployed workers and the trade union movement. And it's, I think, very heartening that the trade union movement are finally taking active campaign on unemployed workers' issues because, you know, it, it, it affects workers so profoundly when they bash unemployed workers and as a result you're left with you know, so many impoverished and desperate unemployed workers that really um, are thrust onto the labour market and they are more likely to accept any work at any condition so it's a, it's a, it's quite, it was quite a big moment up in Toowoomba it was probably one of our, our biggest moments as a union when the trade, when ACTU actually ran an active campaign on work for the dog.
0: As Owen said, Josh's family has not only lost their brother and son, they also need to ask for assistance to bury their boy. If you want to help, go to www.gofundme.com. You can put some money into Josh's burial fund. If you go to 3CR to Stick Together's podcast, you will find more information about Josh, the incident and how you can petition Michaela Cash to stop the Work for the Doll program.
3: 3rd of May 2015, a 49-year-old male diesel mechanic was killed when the tractor he was working on rolled forward and crushed him at Eden Hope in Western Victoria.
1: 7th of May
4: 2015, an 81 year old cattle farmer was killed after being thrown off his quad bike at Kagunya in the state's northeast.
5: 14th of June 2015, an 86 year old man was killed after falling off his quad bike on a dirt track at Royal Gatta in southwest Victoria.
6: 29th of June 2015, a 33-year-old man was killed
3: after an industrial oven being removed from a truck fell and crushed him at Pakenham. Mm
6: -hmm.
1: Mm -hmm. 1st of July
2: 2015, a 26-year-old female track rider was killed after falling from a horse through the mansions of fear, through the mansions of pain See
6: my daddy walking through them... 30th of July,
5: 2015. A 50-year-old Patrick truck driver fell from his vehicle Patrick when securing a load at Campbellfield and died the next day. It's the work, the working, just the working life. The work, the working, the working
6: 5th of August, 2015. A 53 year old man was seriously injured when hit by a car in Williamstown while loading a boom lift. He died several days later with in
7: hospital. The
5: work,
6: the work 26th of October 2015. A 45 year old farmer was crushed working, to death between a ride on mower and a pole when attempting to jump start the vehicle at Princetown in the state's southwest,
0: April the 28th was International Workers' Memorial Day. Politicians, unionists Fourth and people affected 2000 by death at work gathered a six, for a sombre occasion outside trades halls around the country. This is a report from Victoria Trades Hall with uh, voices from the crowd and the official welcome by Luke Hilakari, Secretary of the Victorian Trades Hall, we also hear from the Victorian Trades Hall Choir.
5: I worked for a union that was covered um, local government, outdoor workers, and I saw many changes, but good ones, but there's still a long way to go.
0: Tell me, uh, why is it important for people to be uh, commemorating this day? Today's the day that we ca-
6: commemorate those workers who've died at work. Uh, in the last 12 months. In Victoria, that's 25 workers alone. And then you think about across Australia and then also across the world, the workers, 1.4 million workers die. Um, Then there's those who are injured or who live with, like Ron, who's speaking today with asbestosis. Um, So it's really important that we remember the dead, but we also, today is about saying we're going to fight for the living. We're going to keep working to make occupational health and safety an important central part of going to work everyone should go home from work safe and no family should have to suffer a loss
0: have you been personally affected by this
6: Uh, my dad died of a cancer which was related to the work that he did in mines right okay so yeah close to your heart yeah it's pretty close to my heart
1: Comrades, sisters, brothers, uh, welcome to the International Workers' Memorial Day for 2016. So we're gathered here today to mark International Workers' Memorial Day. We know across this globe, 2.3 million workers are killed at work every year. 2.3 million. That is just such a staggering number. But in our own state, we are just as staggered to hear that 25 workers lost their lives in this fine state, 25 workers in such a modern economy where we would think we would get this right, but each year we have to come back here and have this ceremony. Um, And it's a ceremony that we fundamentally as a movement, we want to end, but yet we're back here again. It is men and women, men and women aged between 21 and 86. We also know that there are 500,000 Australians that are living with some type of Workplace injury. Um, That is just such a shocking number to think that nearly 1 in 22 people walking around our our, our fine nation and and have an injury that was done at work that we know could have been prevented. We also know that thousands of Australians will die every year from asbestos-related diseases. We know we can do so much better in this space. We need a path to eradication, and that's what we'll be talking to the Victorian government about you know, we should be—we should have no asbestos in our workplaces. We're currently seeing asbestos that's being imported, be it in brake pads or be it in tram stops or be it all over the place. So it's a job for us to do as a movement because while we remember the dead, our job as a movement is to continue to fight for the living. Isn't that right, comrades? Fight for the living. That's what we do.
6: In the last year, 25 people died at work, but there were many, many more who are living with the effects of... Injury and disease. I'm gonna introduce uh, Ron Patton to you. Ron was exposed to asbestos through his work as a bricklayer. He is now living with asbestosis, and he is a tireless campaigner to get asbestos out of Victoria and Australia. Please welcome Ron. Good
8: morning. My name's Ron. I've got asbestosis from working on kilns, building and repairing furnaces, boilers and ovens. Often we spend up to 6 months living away from home on a job at time and a job at that time with your workmates. You're all family, you work a 12-hour, 10-hour days. You know you, you know each other very intimately. You run into, you run across each other from, from state to state. The Ricky's a terrific joker. by the end of it, your family, so it hurts to hear when someone else has died, you've lost one of your own. In the last two years, I've been to eight funerals. I was too sick to go to some of them, some of the others. I'm sick of going to funerals, this has to stop. Today I'm remembering my mates and asking you to fight this, to stop asbestos ruining our lives. It still comes into Australia today, imports from China. It's got to be stopped because otherwise our grandchildren will be dying from it. So I remember the dead and the dying. fight like hell for the living. Thank you.
6: 6th January 2016, a 21-year-old male dairy farmer was electrocuted while working on a pump in a drainage pit at a farm in Northern Victoria.
3: 9th of January, 2016. A 67-year-old man was killed after the tractor he was driving rolled into a dam on his property at Kiala
0: West. On a happier note, we finish with a report on a worker fight back. The final hearing of the Hart v. Coles case, where it is argued that the SDA, the retail union, and... Coles came to an agreement which does not pass the boot test that is the better off overall test or put another way an agreement which is less advantageous to workers than the award where penalties have been thrown out the window leaving some low paid workers up to 30% worse off. Anyway we got some comments from outside the commission before the hearing. Josh can you tell me about how you're feeling today?
7: Uh, We're we remain cautiously optimistic about the prospects of the case. We've got very strong evidence, and the evidence relied on by Coles and, uh, and the SDA uh, doesn't support their case and is actually quite weak. They're relying on experts which simply aren't experts. So we remain cautiously optimistic, but um, you know, the, the hearing today is about hearing the submissions of both sides. It's set for two days, remarkably, but um, we're looking forward to being given a good hearing um, and then a positive outcome for the workers. Duncan's barrister Siobhan Kelly will start off by speaking to um, his submissions and the the meat workers union's submissions. Um, And then um, after that, the the Coles will have an opportunity and then no doubt the SDA will be given an opportunity as well.
4: Last time was the evidence, last time was the highly paid boffins from across the street telling us that if you manage to get, uh, if you manage to injure yourself seriously, Uh, be laid off work for months at a time if you manage to get yourself sacked, if you have your maximum limit of bereavement leave, if you take all of your blood donor leave, all of your Defence Force leave and more besides, and your domestic violence leave, if all of that happens to you in one year, you might just be better off under the Coles Agreement. That was the evidence last time. Today we're discussing and debating upstairs what the Fair Work Commission should make of all of that evidence and what they should do as a result of that. So we'll head up in a couple of minutes. I just thought uh, we might as well... Uh, Duncan, the man himself, the guy who gets denounced personally by the CEO of Coles in the morning business pages and all the rest of it. Might as well say a few words. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Thanks, guys. Well, yeah, well, it is funny to see uh, John Durkin, you know, at, his, at a business luncheon or whatever the, whatever the hell that was, you know, to claim that uh, it, the, un, the injustice of having to pay penalty rates on Sunday as he'd already cut penalty rates for night work, overtime, and Saturdays. Uh, so I think that this, this hearing, I think, what is, if, I, if there's anything I think that's important about what we've done, to, we've done this whole time, and, you know, it hasn't just been me, it's been other Coles workers as well, and other, and other people in the retail sector, and also of course the meat workers, which are very happy to see them here today. Uh, I think it just shows you, you know, the SDA has often puts themselves as saying, they're the reasonable ones, they're the ones who get things done because they're not, you know, the, the fanatic militants but actually it's just absolute bullshit. They have totally failed, to do the most basic, uh, I think, you know, sort of advocacy, the fight at all for workers' rights, and truly what this shows is the need for workers in retail to build up a union that will just even just conduct the most basic, you know, like uh, principled stand for their rights and against the cuts to penalty rates that we're seeing from the government. So I just think that uh, that's what this whole decision poses. It's gonna, if, if we win, which hopefully we will, it's gonna have a massive impact on the whole retail sector because Woolworths, Myers, uh, David Jones, every other major retailer has the exact same st- type of agreements. So I think we're gonna see, this is not just the, the end today, this is the beginning of a much wider and uh, you know I suppose a bigger campaign to change the face of retail in this country and to change the face of the sellout union that uh, you know, that unfortunately, that still calls the shots in our industry. Um, so yeah, thanks for everyone who's come along today, and um, yeah, we need to build, you know, a lot more uh, to to really challenge. I think this this what we, what the, what this case has really exposed is that absolutely rotten uh, rotten underbelly that the union, uh, the SDA has um, the rotten underbelly of the SDA and the and the retail sector in general. Thanks guys. Just, and before we head
4: up, we should hear from someone from the Meat Workers Union who have been part of this case uh, since the start. Uh, this time last year the Meat Workers Union was taking industrial action in defence of penalty rates. So far as I know, they're the only union so far to actually, you know, for members to lose money to defend the rights that people have fought and in, fought for and enjoyed uh, in the past, such as penalty rates. So, uh, yeah,
5: Meat Workers. Woo!
7: Morning everyone. It's nice to see everyone here. Um, I think uh, Duncan has pretty much covered it all. I'd like to thank Duncan and Josh. They've done a great job in uh, helping us bring SCA and Coles to the notice of the headlines of the papers and to be accountable. Uh, like Duncan said, it's it's just it's looking at the bigger picture, you know, the broader picture. It's not just the meat workers and the Coles workers. It's all workers that are uh, that are punished by these agreements and. and uh, less off, worse off, you know, so it's great to see that something's happening. If anything, it brings notice to the to the public uh, what's going on, if, if anything comes out of this at all. But hopefully we're going to have a good win today. I, I feel positive. Um, it was great at the last hearings. We had them on the ropes, so today, hopefully we finish them off. And uh, thank you very much once again.
0: Right, the commissioners have still to adjudicate on the case, so we asked Duncan Hart, the complainant, how he felt about how the hearing had gone.
9: Oh, I'm feeling pretty positive about the case. Um, I think that, yeah, we didn't see anything new from Coles. Um, they basically are trying to obscure all the issues and make it, you know, make out that the non financial benefits, which are minor minor entitlements around leave, actually make up for the lack of penalty rates and that they, you know, mean that some people earning a third less than their actual take home pay um, is justifiable. But I feel like. Uh, yeah, I thought like it was a strong case that was made today by our side. And yeah, unfortunately, now I've just got to pay a bit of, wait for a couple of weeks to see what the result will be. But I'm feeling pretty confident. Uh,
0: did you uh, register the uh, Coles uh, lawyer pushing the notion that the uh, Commission has discretionary powers mm. as mm. being something that uh, implies that they haven't actually uh, put their case? Uh, through, but that uh, perhaps the uh, outcome for Coles employees might be uh, detrimental. So that the commission should use its uh, discretionary powers. What's your view on that sort sure. of argument? Sure.
9: Well, it's a it is a it is a statement of fact that the agreement that would be um, would come into force is an uh, older agreement, substantially the same, but having not had pay increases would mean that the entitlement would be lower. But as was made, the point was made by Siobhan, who is the lawyer for our side, um, that it's still within the power of Coles to pay um, the current rate. They don't have to cut pay. Um, I think the most important thing is that workers have the right to have a say over their conditions. And having been, you know, hopefully informed of the facts that this agreement was not actually better off than the award would be an impetus for workers to actually be able to claim back what they should be owed, which is penalty rates. So that's why I'm still quashing it in the face of Coles' threat to attack um, the hourly rates of all of their workers, which is pretty disgusting, even though they try and put the onus on us.
0: That's it for Stick Together today. Thanks to you for listening. Thanks to Owen Bennett, Luke Hilakari, Ron Patton, Duncan Hart, Josh Cullinan for talking to us today. Stick Together is produced at 3CR Studios in Melbourne and broadcast nationally on the Community Radio Network. The podcast is available at 3cr.org.au and you can contact the producers of the show at sticktogether3cr at gmail.com or by calling 03 9419 8377. My name's Annie McLaughlin. Catch you next time.
5: From all of you good workers, good news to you I'll tell Of how the good old union has come in here to dwell Which side are you on? Which side are you on? My daddy was a miner and I'm a miner's son And I'll stick with the union till every battle's won Oh, workers, can you stand it? Oh, tell me how you can. Will you be a lousy scab or will you be a man? Which side are you on? Which side are you on? Don't scab for the bosses. Don't listen to their lies us, poor folks haven't got a chance unless we organize. Which side are you on? Which side are you on?
6: Which side are you on?